Yeah, for sure. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, one of the things I don't think I asked you is how did you get into becoming a Christian business coach? Yeah. So my story really starts with uh, corporate America. I've been a driver, striver, achievement chaser my whole life. Got into corporate because that was what you did when you graduated college. And I was always going for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Uh, in 2010, I started my own business as part of a network marketing company because I want to do exit out of corporate and have more time and, and money with my family. But I am always, I've always been an overachiever. So the way I got into what I do now is in 2014, I woke up with the luxury house, the luxury car, the bank account, and all the outward symbols of success. But inwardly I was empty and unfulfilled. And I reached out to a mentor thinking she would tell me, we just have to do more. And what she actually said was, you don't know who you are or whose you are, and you were not made to work this way. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And from what felt like rock bottom at that moment, I reached up and gave my life to Christ. And over the next four years, learned a lot about what it meant to do business with him in the lead. And then in 2018, he said, now go teach this to my ambitious daughters. And here I am today. Wow. That's awesome. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we get to dive into that right away. Uh, I got to pull up something that I just loved about your website because uh, it's very clear. Um, I don't know if you know this, but it's very clear how amazing your brand is coming together and, you know, like headed towards that Tony Robbins status. I, I love your personality. I mean, how you show it, you talk about, you know what it's like to be the business owner who procrastinates the planning, um, you know, and, and you've got such clear materials. You've got great branding. Um, you know, there's, there's a sense of cohesion. Uh, amongst mm -hmm. your content. And that's hard to do. Like that takes a lot of discipline and practice to get to where you're at with this. You've got your podcast as well, Redefining Hustle, Pursuing Success as a Christian Woman. How long have you had the podcast for now? Five years this month. Oh my goodness. It might've been five years on Monday. I uh, gotta yeah, look back yeah. at that. <laughs> you're an OG podcast host. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> right. And not Johnny Dumas, you know, we're not back 2013, but um, right. still it was before the, it was before the craze. And now it's going to get even crazier with Joe Rogan's deal. Um, you know, the quarter billion dollar uh, transaction that he just did a few weeks ago with Spotify yeah. for his renewal. Yeah. Like that's going to elevate the platform even further. And, you know, just like radio shows popped up everywhere over time, same right. things now happening with podcasts for different reasons, different purposes, different angles. Yeah. But uh, I certainly love the uh, the light on the hill that you're shining. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. If you were to recommend three resources or three books to other visionaries out there, um, what would they be? Well, the first one is going to be the Bible. And I've read a lot Thank of you. books. Thank you. You're the first one. 188 people now. You're the first one. <laughs> you know, here's the thing is I've read a lot of business books and when I really gave my life to Christ and dug into the Bible, that's where all the lessons are. So whether business people who are authors know it or not, what they're sharing and teaching has foundation in the Bible. So that to me is, is number one. Um, the other two books are maybe considered sort of one-off reads, or maybe you only read them once a year. The first one is One Word That Will Change Your Life by John Gordon, etc. I use that book every single year and pray through what will be my word for the year to keep me focused. And then the second book kind of ties along with that, which is Best Year Yet by Jenny Ditzler, which is actually like 20 something years old, but it is a process that I go through every year and I walk people through it as well to really define what happened last year. What did I learn? And now how do I want this year to look? It goes beyond, I mean, it's really visionary. It goes beyond setting goals and strategy down to what is going to be my paradigm for this year. So those three books together are, are my recommendations for sure. I love that. And visionaries who are listening in that have already started to work with team members and clients and, and, Using these resources with people is one of the greatest self-trainings to get the most out of these types of resources. Um, I didn't read The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Mm, I, yeah. had a, I had invited a homeless person to live with us to get him back on his feet. I mm. gave him The Compound Effect. He read it and he would teach me about The wow. Compound Effect in the chapters. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a very cool experience to learn from the book and the knowledge of Darren Hardy, but also to learn 
what he was picking up as he was starting to implement those skills in his yeah. life. Yeah. Right. So I love that you use the resources like that. Um, yeah. We're going to go to the intro real quick. We'll come back on and we'll dive deeply into Aaron Harrigan's vision for clarity, serenity, and fulfillment for other Christian women leaders out there and really any leader who wants to be led by somebody with strong foundations and values in place. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Erin Harrigan rocking the mic with me today. Um, she is a bold Christian woman who is also a bold business leader. And I love bold leaders. Um, what is difficult for business world is when you have a bunch of fractional C-level executives that don't realize that the C stands for chief, Chiefs make decisions. They do things boldly. They help people move mountains. It is very clear to me that Aaron is very good at moving mountains. Um, and so she's somebody definitely to consider looking at and saying, well, what can I, what can I learn from this individual? And consider reaching out to her as well after the show. Before we dive in and bring her on stage, though, <clears throat> I'm going to talk a little bit about these sponsors that have also made massive impressions on me. Uh, for those of you who follow regular, regular, you'll see a new one on there. We've got The Law Spot, first off, with Melissa Gray. And The Law Spot uh, Melissa came on my show and she wasn't your typical pretentious lawyer who didn't have a personality that was charging in cra crazy retainers. She has this dream and vision of make and making sure that the client knows law doesn't have to be complicated. And at the same time, while legal zoom is cool and all that, um, there's a benefit to having somebody on, on retainer or access to somebody who you can trust and bounce ideas off of and understand what's actually going to that territory. I call this being a wise steward of our ventures. And I know that out of all of the companies I've worked with, and I've worked with a few thousand at this point, less than 5% of them had somebody, if I would have asked them, who is your legal counsel? They wouldn't have known. They would have called somebody last minute. Well, that puts us in a position where if we get into trouble, we're going to have to pay a lot of money to get out of that trouble, trademark, copyright, et cetera. Uh, we want to have somebody on hand to help us. So I recommend interviewing her as you interview other resources to decide who's going to help you protect your vision and your assets. Then there's Directional Advisors. Directional Advisors is run by Franklin Parker. And Franklin has, um, you know what? I actually can't talk about the new accolade. There is a very, very prominent financial advisor platform that is shifting guards for their podcast host. They've invited him to join them. I will say they have 685,000 followers on LinkedIn. They're like, the Hall of Fame of financial advisors. And he is uh, he used to work in what's called the home office. And he was working with uh, an entity, uh, an individual who's, um, you know, in the billionaire territory. Um, and what they do is they have teams that run their finances. I'm not a billionaire, by the way. I'm not a multimillionaire. Um, and I'm happy to admit that and have a private conversation with you, perhaps about where I'm exactly at, if you really want to know. At the same time, um, we do want to make sure that we're protecting those that we work with and we want to begin to be wise with what we know and what we have. Franklin has this mass capacity of working with incredible finances while also being extremely relatable as both a musician um, and a person of faith who I have come to love dearly as a leader as he has worked with our team and shown us just how great his leadership capabilities are. Again, it's one of those one of those types of people who once you've spent 12, 16, 20 hours with them working and grinding on really important concepts, you get to see, again, the, how do they react? How do they act when things get tough? He's been phenomenal to work with. So we've gone ahead and put him as a sponsor of the show, even though he's still got um, a ways to go on the actual brand interface that's out there. Unlike Aaron Harrigan, who has an amazing brand out there. Now, last things before we bring Aaron on, The Water Project. We are so blessed to have access to clean drinking water. Most of us who are listening to this show, and it's probably within 10 yards of where we're at, there are millions of people who do not. I love the water project because they showcase to you where your money is going. You get to see the outcome of the projects that you work with. And in addition to that, um, if you're not in a position to where you can give back, 
My hope is that you will also either rock the mic and talk about it and share it with somebody else or just simply comment, maybe tag a friend who might be interested in helping the water project on a post about what it is they do. We got 8 billion people to help in this world. If you know of a cause that you'd rather see us support and talk about, please drop it in the comments. We're happy to support uh, every cause that we can um, as we continue to, uh, to bless this world with the abundance that we've all been uh, blessed with. So without further ado, <clears throat> Aaron Harrigan, Welcome to Vision Pros Live. Thank you for honoring us with your time. Oh, it's such an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't have Cynthia here today. She's out sick. Um, so special prayers for her. And that means that we're going to have less visual support on this episode. Um, so we won't be able to show your brand too often. I want to stay really focused on the depths of your vision. So let's listening and get an extra treat today since we will be extra focused on that. But let's start with the first question. What is your vision for those that you serve? Serving Christian women in business who tend to be high achievers. My vision for them is that they will stand boldly for Christ in their business. That's not always popular. And there's lots of different ways that they can do that. But I want to give them a safe space where they can blend their faith in business and my vision as as I'm building that out and have been for five years is this year alone, we will help over 10,000 women work with more clarity, serenity, and fulfillment, whether that's through one-on-one -on -one coaching, through my book, through my podcast, et cetera. I envision these women stepping into a work style that is unhurried, that is unrushed, and that they feel that they can truly make kingdom impact without buying into the lie that they have to hustle until their haters ask if they're hiring. Wow. That is awesome. Uh, and that, that speaks to the depth of the definition of the word authenticity in a big way. Um, and I'm a big fan of that. And I love that you, one thing that really stands out to me about you is you are a bit bolder than I am. Um, you know, I, I will own that. I used to be overbearing as an individual. I would cross the threshold and line. Um, and one of the cool things about you as a leader is you talked about standing boldly and also how there's multiple ways of doing that. Somebody mm -hmm. might be softer than your approach. Yeah. Somebody might be stronger than your approach. And sure. does it make it wrong or right? I don't know. But yeah. I would love for, um, let's dive in a little bit on that. How did you, how did you come to appreciate the different ways people can show up? And how do you think that what are some positive ways that we can be unapologetically Christian mm. without crushing other people's faith or other people's beliefs that may not share that in common? One of the things that I observe, I think particularly in today's world, is that we as Christians don't do a very good job of truly emulating Jesus. You know, we like to see Jesus as like, hey, he flipped the tables, so we need to be bold and we need to be loud. My question is, have you asked God how he wants you to show up? We are all very different people. We have very different skills and talents that he's given us. The way that I show up in business may be, as you just said, more or less bold than someone else. But I know because I seek that from him that I'm not given a platform to talk about certain topics. I don't think that we should assume that we know that that's what we're supposed to do because we are followers of Christ. We have a clear definition of love people and make disciples. We know that's the great commission, but we've got to individually seek God and understand how bold do you want me to be? Very often I run into some of my Christian Christian clients who actually serve a secular audience and they say, I don't know how to reflect Jesus in the space. I'm a copywriter and I can't change my client's words. But the very thought of you being there and being calm in the midst of your client's storm, that is reflecting Christ. While for others, it's really being bold and out there and upfront about their beliefs. We have to be really careful that we are not taking the role of judge, which is only Jesus's role, and, and judging people. And unfortunately, we do a really good job of judging people, and we most especially do a really good job of judging fellow believers. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's righteous judgment is a hard thing to understand. And there's lots of viewpoints on it. Uh, but I, I do love what you're talking about in terms of making space for different ways, understanding. I love that you also honor that person who, you know, when you, when you just live your light, my, my greatest example on that is Jake Larson, the video power. I am so grateful for that man. I watched the way he dads 
I watch the way he interacts with people. He's been one of the greatest influencers I've known too, in a, in a very big way. He's the YouTube ad expert of the world. And he doesn't talk about faith, but he, everything he does emulates it. And sometimes he might make a mention of it, but that that quiet dignity is what I would mm -hmm. call it, is yeah. incredibly powerful. And as I shifted to start to, to emulate more of how Jake lives, I found myself running this sales group. And it was, I was still, I still, I was very quiet. I wouldn't talk about Christianity anymore. I didn't want to offend people. I don't want to leverage Christ. You know, I, I don't want to be accused of that. Um, but I had this gentleman send me a message one day after a year of being in this training program. And he said, Jackson, I have, I just want you to know, I got baptized. I accepted Christ mm -hmm. into my life and it's because of you. And I was blown away because, and it wasn't because of me, you know, that was because of the spirit and what sure. he chose to do. But he somehow picked up that I was Christian in a process where I never once talked about my relationship with Christ. And yeah. I was like, that's kind of what it's like to start to move towards the Jake Larson approach. Um, yeah. it, was, it was a very wonderful feeling. And any of us can make that happen. Mm. And I, I tend to, like, again, I'm like, well, and, I, and now I'm more unapologetically Christian um, than, yeah. than anything. And I, I do talk about it. But it was hard to step into that. It's like, oh, man, you're okay with me talking about this on the show? Yes. It gets your superpower, Aaron. So sure. yeah. What's, what's your vision for you? Mm. Well, you know, in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of our calling and to, mm. you know, have have space and grace for each other, um, to make every effort to live in peace. My vision personally is, is to live that really from a standpoint of keeping my priorities in order, God, family, business. I did not live that way for a really long time. My nickname in corporate was Pitbull because I would, I would get on the bite and never let go. Like I am going to stay on here until you tell me no. And what Jesus has done is he is, he's so tempered the way that I show up. And I always want to embrace that he made me ambitious but that doesn't mean that I have to bowl people over. And for a long time, I put my family on hold. I put our finances in jeopardy. I put my marriage in a bad place because I was always seeking the next stage or the next accolade and the next achievement. So my personal vision is to live from a place of peace and to live from a place of I am satisfied and content with whatever God does with me, no matter whether I'm ever on a stage or ever get the accolades. That would have been really hard for my me in my previous life, my before Christ life. Yeah. Uh, but now I have him to lean into. And that that's my greatest vision. And my greatest vision additionally is to enjoy really good food. I love tacos. I love <laughs> artisan cheese, really good wine and really good travel whenever I can. So now you got to come visit San Antonio and, and yeah, Austin. come on down. Let's I'll take you out for tacos. Yeah. That'd be great. So and, and I there's we are kindred spirits um mm -hmm. i i had christ early but i also again was that overbearing individual who was so yeah. controlling how I, I never got the compliment jackson's the most amazing sales rep ever jackson's the most amazing it was always jackson is persistent which yes. is a back kind of way of saying <laughs> he just wouldn't leave me alone um, right. you know like that, that was the i was like man okay well i guess there's there's goodness to this virtue but how do i start gravitating right. towards other abilities for influence. So, exactly. uh, yeah, just persistent. Yeah. What is, um, this doesn't have to be your personal. This could be one that you've seen. The goal is for those visionaries listening in to be able to see over the hilltop of what might, mm -hmm. what they might face in the future too. Mm -hmm. What's your worst mm -hmm. leadership experience ever? This really is a personal experience. So like I said earlier, I've spent about 30 years total in the corporate space. I had some really great experiences. One that sticks out for me, however, in the last job that I have, I was a sales executive. I was one of the top performers. We went to a sales meeting and the VP of sales said in not so many words, your responsibility is your number. And if someone comes and asks you for help, asks you to support them in some way, your answer has to be no. You need to be selfish because you have a number to reach. And I remember that moment. Um, we were in Jacksonville, Florida. I remember sitting back and going, did I, did, did somebody just say that out loud? And that leadership 
trickled down into our everyday life in, in such a way that, listen, sales is sales, right? In, mm -hmm. in so many ways in sales, you can, you're only as good as your last number. But when they're physically saying this to you <laughs> and the way that they're exemplifying a leadership that is selfish and not respecting each other, not respecting everybody's talents and gifts, just make it happen. That was the worst experience. And I learned so much from that, that God graced me with that moment so that I could not emulate that going forward when I started my own business. That is an amazing testimony, the, the power of words and affirmations, mm, Yeah. right? And whether it's a toxic affirmation, you know, and, and owning the reality, or it's the virtue that you get mm -hmm. to hear and, and, you know, or testify you know, from, your, yeah. from your own mouth. Those are incredibly powerful experiences. And that's really neat that it was the immediate driver to recognize like, oh man, you know, the dog eat dog world, right? Sales is a dog eat dog right. no, Not in my company. Exactly. Not with my, not with my prospects and clients. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is not. And thank goodness, you know, people love to shop in the grocery store, right? In Sam's Club or Costco, the yeah. moment those AT&T or those people walk up to you to try to sell you something, you know, right. like this, we don't That's want right. to be sold to. We want to yeah. buy though. Yes. Right? And so if we can shift the world towards that um, from a business standpoint too, dogs mm. don't have to eat dogs. <laughs> you know, there's enough room yes. for all of us. Right. So I love that you you mentioned that stand for it. Yeah. What's your best leadership experience look like? Interestingly, my best leadership experience, also a personal experience, happened at the company that I was at before that last one. And I actually followed my boss from the best leadership experience over to this other company. He's not the one that gave me the worst experience, but it was an environment where there was there was trust. There was a respect for each other's, uh, you know, talents, strengths, and weaknesses, and a place where we held each other account, each other accountable, mm. not only in a sort of uh, like fluffy woo woo way, but like that you could call each other out because you trusted that person so much that you knew that even as they were pursuing their team excelling that they were concerned about you excelling as well. That environment, I was in that that leadership team, I think for about three years, and it was hands down the best team experience that I ever had. And it's because the leaders at the top truly cared about us and they cared about us working with excellence. And to me as a visionary leader, you know, it can be so easy to have the vision and like we can go make it happen by ourselves, but we're not meant to do it that way. And so we've got to create environments where people feel respected and appreciated, where they feel that they can speak their mind and be heard. And they're going to perform so much better in an environment like that. I love it. I love it because these championship level cultures is what you're describing. It's clear that somebody either intuitively figured out how to create a culture like the five dysfunctions of a team teaches, or they were very dedicated to reading that book. Um, for those who haven't seen that, I'll pull it up. Oh, that's the wrong one. It's the next one after that. There we go. Yeah. So in, in this book, this is required reading at first class business because you can't build a championship culture without everybody understanding the difference of that. Why are mm -hmm. people conflict oriented here, right? There's a difference in toxic conflict and healthy conflict. Yeah. And so you, you know, you described exactly what a high performance team looks and feels like. And so it's required reading in the first week for everybody to listen to this and then to talk to our team members about how this concept works, why it matters so much, because there's nothing better than having a team who's all working towards the same mission, excited okay. to support each other. Uh, I, I have to be held accountable more than anybody with the amount of directions I'm pulled in. Right. Like I need them. To, to do that and say, yeah. like, yo, Jackson, why are you not responding to these 109 email drafts that you have? Like, you got to do that or I can't do my job. And I'm like, exactly. I do need to either delegate that better or grind it out and, yeah. and get, get my butt in there. And if the mm -hmm. bathroom is dirty, I need to go clean it. Right. You know, I need to have enough pride in my establishment to do those things. So yeah. thank you. You got me all, all excited because that's that is again, it's like Patrick Lencioni, man, that guy, he changed mm, my life. Yeah. So, 
All right. Now you have two, by the way. This, uh, this In fact, you have this Ephesians quote. Oh, I've, I've read the Bible, you. but I never caught that phrase. And I have a feeling I'll be revisiting this scripture, mm. live a life worthy of our calling. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much that resonates with mm -hmm. what we've been able to manifest over this last year. And it's like, yeah, man, double down. Keep going yeah. on this. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. If this was your last chance ever, right? This is it. The moment to share a powerful lesson with other visionaries, what would the powerful lesson be from your experience? Mm. The lesson is don't allow your pursuit of success define you. Don't let it compromise your values and your faith. Don't let it overshadow true meaning and impact. I was out running this morning and uh, one of my cool down songs is Coldplay's Viva La Vida. And what struck me in the lyrics today, which I've listened to this song a million times, it's this lyric. He says, one minute I held the key, next the walls were closing in on me, and I discovered that my castles stand upon pillars of salt and pillars of sand. The biggest lesson for me is that that's I built my castle, I built my success, I built my achievement on pillars of sand. I built it based on the world's definitions of success and what it was going to take to be an entrepreneur. And make no mistake, there's plenty of work to be done as an entrepreneur. But as a visionary, we have to be visionary and execute with excellence. And we can't do that if our sole focus is what's the next achievement? What's the next sale? What's the next comma in my check? So don't build your castles. <laughs> on the shifting sands of the world. Don't let it compromise your life because that's exactly where I found myself. And thank God I did because that's how I came to Christ. But I was on a path of losing my marriage. I was on a path of teaching my now adult daughters how not to be an executive woman. <laughs> that That's the biggest lesson that I can tell you because we can get caught up in those things so quickly. I, um, <clears throat> I lost my first marriage mm. in a similar reality. Um, so I, I would agree. Um, you know, there's, there's so much opportunity to, to learn truths. Um, and as you know, whether, whether we're young or whether we're closed minded, um, you know, right. and, or whether we're just so driven, like you said, you know, if yeah. we're just like so focused on the mission of the vision that we don't, it's not that we don't listen but maybe we're not taking the time to learn even better listening skills, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How to listen. Um, yeah. there, there's levels of that. And sometimes we have to take the hard path to Absolutely. learn that that's, uh, that's an, there's an opportunity there. So yeah. if we were to, to dive into your programs, your systems, how you help individuals, um, Aaron, just guide us through that. What does that look like? Yeah. I work with people in a number of ways. One-on-one -on -one coaching, for sure. Generally, those tend to be those six, seven, eight-figure female CEOs who they've reached that pinnacle of success, but now they're sort of like, wait, is this it? And I feel stuck and stagnant. And so I help them with strategy, accountability, focus. I have a group coaching program that is for those who may not be ready for one-on-one -on -one coaching, or maybe their business isn't quite at that level. And it's really about providing a community for discernment and accountability and belonging, because not only is it lonely to be an entrepreneur, sometimes it's really lonely when you're a faith-filled entrepreneur and trying to sort of navigate, how do I do business and let the Lord lead? So one-on-one -on -one group coaching. And then I have an exclusive mastermind that is called the Faithful Visionaries Roundtable. It's a private mastermind. It's invite only. So you won't find that on my website. But if that's something that you'd love to learn about, I'm happy to chat. And then the last thing that I do is a full day of private coaching. I call it the Focused and Fruitful Strategy Day. And it's where we take a 30,000-foot objective view of your business and really map out what are your services, what is the pricing, what is the cadence of that work, who is your audience, and how do you put your mission, your vision, your values into action in the mission, in the marketplace that the Lord has given you. And spending that full day with someone using my strategic and tactical thinking blended with God's insight uh, is so fulfilling for me. It's fulfilling for them. And it's one more way that I can serve people uh, in, in doing business 
not as usual if you if you would <laughs> i love that you you know it's it's funny we visionaries who are out there i hope what you see on this if you're that visionary who realize you don't really fall in line with the book the one thing by gary keller don't get me wrong oh yeah that was going to be keller. one of my recommendations too <laughs> the, oh, there's that but then you know like I always I love the quote, the reminder that there was that reporter who told LeBron James to just shut up and dribble <laughs> and not explore the other areas of his life. They felt that he should focus on his one thing. And yet, you know, look at him now, you know, look yeah. at Richard Branson. What they do. Look at all these different yes. programs that you have defined and that you've created and the diverse nature of, of all. It's, I love that you call these client love. Um, it's beautiful. And then you got your book here as well. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at, a lot of you get challenged by those who are closest to you and you get told you're doing mm -hmm. too much or it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. It's not coming together. Like if, if you can quiet the noise of the world and meditate and, and try to hear what your heart and your mind are saying yeah. based on your spiritual intuition, like I don't have the right to tell you not to write that book on that napkin, JK Rowling, who became a billionaire. You know, yeah. my strategy may not be right for her scenario. Um, right. You know, Aaron, you got all these amazing courses, books, paths to help people and they're really their avenues mm. to find your life mm. um and so yeah. you have you have that representation to me of that well-rounded um entrepreneur who's created so many different assets for people to explore the goodness that you've created for the world did you ever did you ever doubt and have like that that um yeah what are they not inferiority complex part of it but the imposter syndrome oh, of you know like and did people ever tell you like, Aaron, stop, you're building too many things. Like you're doing, going too many directions. <laughs> well, teach us about your path with that. Yeah. You know, uh, imposter syndrome rears its ugly head uh, often, mm -hmm. but I also know that I have to stay in my lane. Like God has clearly given me a lane. And I, I realized that while there are others who speak similar languages around women in business, not everybody can hear from me. Not everybody can hear from them. I firmly believe that when he gives you a mission, he's already aligned the people that are going to work with you. You just have to be obedient and in stepping into the center of his will and move. So I do struggle with that sometimes. I recently was working with someone on SEO and keywords and, sh and she said, give me a list of your competitors. And I, and I did who I thought were my competitors. And she came back and she said, well, actually this one isn't, but this one is. And it was funny because I didn't even have an objective view of like who truly speaks yep. similarly. Right. So that definitely rears its ugly head for me. I, I always turn it back to the Lord as much as I can. And I want to be clear, like I'm not perfect with this. You know, I, I haven't been in the word as much as, as I know I need to be of late. And yet when I get right. back into the word, it is, it's so peaceful. Like it's clear. And that's where my clarity and my serenity and my fulfillment truly come from. And you're going to have that imposter syndrome, but what did God give you to do? Right. I have not necessarily had someone, I, I have had a couple of people say, I don't know how you do everything you do. But I am really clear on the things that I do and I don't do. I used to be very all over the place. I've now honed in my offers. I've honed in my audience. And I just simply respond like I'm being obedient to what God gave me to do. And, yeah. and he doesn't want me to do something like I will know that. There's a lot of things I could offer. There's a my my business, you know, I could serve a lot more clients. I could have a lot bigger group program, but that is not what he told me to do. And he has blessed it beyond measure because I've been obedient to what he gave me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your virtues, right. Get magnified our virtues and our vices. They always get magnified. They typically parallel each other. Well, too. Right. So you're, you have an extreme confidence that you're able to utilize compared to somebody who's sensitive about talking about this stuff, right? You come on stage. I'm sure you have your end company. You're like, you know, I have my, I'm human too. Um, right. Like, but you have, you have the gift of confidence. And because of that, it's often, I, I have a feeling people don't challenge you when they probably should sometimes. Mm, um, and just like leaders I've worked with that nobody had ever told them like what an awful leader they were in that meeting, you know, and, and how, right. uh, how rude they were to people because everybody's scared to lose their job. 
Everybody's scared yeah. to hurt their feelings. Everybody's yeah. and, and that person, like they seem like they're doing the right thing and they're winning. So we might as well, I'm that guy. Right. It was like, dude, you're an a-hole man. Like, right. like what, how, why do you treat people? And I don't do that anymore, but that used to be me. Yeah. And so there's the, but here's, here's what I'm getting at for the you vision pros out there. If you are having a hard time with people doubting your vision and, and not believing in what you're doing, it may have a little bit to do with you thinking you're being humble. Mm. about what it is you're doing. Humility mm. and confidence go hand in hand mm. when yeah. the virtues are maximized. And so many good natured, especially life coaches and people in the coaching space, they want to give. They want to bless the whole world. That's why we got into it. You know, you, you want to just help. But if you don't stand, if you don't find your confidence, your sense of belief in yourself to know that I am called to do this, yeah. You're probably going to have more people in your life challenge what you do. If you can enter, if you can channel your inner Aaron Harrigan <laughs> and say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. All right. Then, you know, or your inner Christ and know yeah. that regardless of what people say, right. I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And it is important though, Jackson, what you just said is to surround yourself with people who will push back. Yeah. Right. Like that is good leadership. And very often I say to my clients, like, listen, I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to show you the love of Christ and I will take you behind the woodshed if I need to. Right. Like, yes. because I, I don't want you to sit in victimhood, but I also don't want you to sit in being unrealistic if if what you're offering is really not what your audience wants. Like, that's my job as a coach. And we as visionaries, we need people to sort of bring us back down to earth sometimes, too. Yes, of course. And and when you've when you've got a heavy foot on the gas pedal, like for the brand, right? right. It's there's so many of those entrepreneurs who yeah. don't realize or value the brake or the yeah. e-brake. But you can do some really cool things with an e-brake in a car. Just saying, I don't know how I know that, but just <laughs> saying. Um, so when you can maximize the value of both the brake and mm -hmm. the seat belts, um, yeah. you know, and all of the things that help us, you know, build our monumental ventures, whether it's a rocket ship or a Coliseum, whatever analogy you want to go with, um, right? There's right. there's so much room for virtues that we probably yeah. haven't developed right. ourselves. That's right. How do we recognize them? I guess uh, that's my next question for you. If somebody wants to diversify the virtues that they gravitate towards, what have you turned to to make such a, because you have, you've made a lot of shifts from what you described before mm -hmm. to who you are now. How did you do it? And you, you mentioned a minute ago humility, and I believe that it takes a level of humility to step outside of what you just know, like you know, like you know, needs to get mm -hmm. done and be willing to grow and shift. Uh, very often I see my clients, you know, they're sort of, I don't, I don't want to shift. I don't want to learn that lesson. I just want them to sign the contract. But yeah. there are lessons to be learned. So number one, we've got to be humble enough to allow the lessons to happen. There's a 38, I love music. There's a 38 special song, um, you know, and the lyric goes, hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. And that's the point, right? Is that we hold these things so tightly, we white knuckle everything. Yeah. And then that's not allowing us to be shifted and moved and molded. And the real freedom happens when, when yes, we need to focus on our lane, but always surrendering that to be moved in the direction that really is the best fit for our gifts and talents or really does solve, solve problems and serve a bigger audience. That's how I've done it is I had to humble myself. And trust me when I say very often I am on the floor behind me in my office face down saying, show me your ways, Lord, because left to my own devices, like I'm going to end up in a parking lot every time. You're limited. That's it. I mean, that's, that's really how I get through every day. That, that's awesome. Um, that is the source. Um, you know, and when we, you know, it's, it's fun. It's so calming too, when, especially in, in, when you step into that, you know, again, for those who are Christians, I am speaking to you mostly on this. Um, when you can work with other Christians or you can work with somebody who's truly dedicated to Buddhism, um, you know, or they're like, they're actually practicing Taoism, right? You, you've got principles that you understand you can hold each other accountable for, um, right? And that helps us double down on the securities. If I worked with somebody who practices Taoism, I got to learn more about it. 
in order right. to appreciate and respect where they're coming from. Otherwise, we're not going to understand why we do things. What that also does, though, is it allows us to, you know, instead of calling it meditation, we can call it prayer for what it is. Yeah. We can right. invite the business owners we work with to go pray about it. Right. Yeah. Go, go get your answer in your heart and your mind. Come back to me and tell me what you find out about what you can develop. Yeah. And it's, that is my ultimate secret power for anything good and wholesome that I do have in my life. I know it's in direct correlation to my mm. willingness and ability to go mm. to God about it and, and surrender my will to him. Yeah. And many times I don't, you know, right. like that. <laughs> we have to recognize we're, we're just humans in the process. We're sinners. We're saints. We're all things. Mm. And you know, whatever we gravitate towards, uh, that's also another big factor. I really do believe in manifestation like a lot. Um, and to the extreme degree that, I, you know, ask and ye shall receive. Like it's, it's written in word in the Bible. What I see people falling into, though, with these manifestation coaches is they don't realize oftentimes that if you're controlling what you want to have manifested, if you're demanding that of the universe, oh, watch out. <laughs> if you think you know what's best for you, uh, I will pray for you. <laughs> I <laughs> used to be that guy too. Uh-uh. Oh yeah. And before I came to Christ, I, I read a Mark Batterson book called The Circle Maker. And I remember sitting in my family room because in the book, it's like, draw a circle around what you want. Now, here, here's the other side of that is, yes, the Bible does say that. Ask, seek, knock within God's will. Let's just be clear, right? Yes. I, I, I'm saying that because... I, I don't, I don't believe in, you know, people will send me hate mail. I don't believe in law of attraction, all those things. If mm. I'm asking for something that is in God's will, then I can be assured that he will show me the way to that. Right. But the Here's what I would is, challenge on that though. I'll give a scripture for it. I give a scripture for it. And this would be Moses, right? Here's Moses following God's will. And in this world, we tend to be the, he who should not be named. No, Satan's real. We have an oh, adversary yeah. in the picture. Oh, 100%. And so yes. here's Moses asking God to help Pharaoh understand the value of freeing the people. And mm -hmm. he did these miracles, right, to help Pharaoh catch it. And Pharaoh would catch it. But Pharaoh also had other business consultants. I mean, priests. Um, he had other people teaching him, hey, wait a second. We can do that, too. And then they were able to manifest because they were able to ask and they receive, but what power did they receive their answer from? Mm, true. The opposite power. So we've got yes. Hitler as well, who led with absolute hate, um, mm -hmm. right? And hatred for others. I think so. Yeah. So my job yeah. to judge him, but I think most of us are in agreement on that. And you've got the virtue, which is the mirror opposite, right? I can lead yeah. with love or I can lead with hate. Yeah. Sometimes I'm guilty of leading with an essence of hate. I lose mm. my cool. I get yeah, angry. Of course. Um, you know, and on the flip side, if I can learn to gravitate more towards the virtue that mirrors the vice, my, the types of results that I get will I will sleep better. And sure. I, I like sleep. Uh, so oh, yeah. that would be my, my juxtaposition. Sure. I do I, so I, I very much believe in the law of attraction and uh have but at the same time I'm curious I'm still curious about your, your lack of belief in it or what, what you mean by that. Not to call you out and say you're wrong. I'm, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm like, teach yeah. me. Here's why. Because um, we as humans have a name it and claim it mentality. So to go back to your example about Moses, God told Moses, like, you're going to tell these things to Pharaoh, but I, God, am going to harden his heart and he's going to say no. And we're going to have all these plagues and he's going to get it for a second, but then he's still going to say no. Why? One second. Because that translation in English is different in other languages, though. Mm. So in other languages, it doesn't say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It says that Pharaoh hardened his heart against God. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of it's hard because we've got language barriers. We think English is the dominant language you know, of society. It's a new language that we are all yeah. practicing and still very much yeah. evolving. Hello, fresh gay, all sorts of different words that are totally different meanings than they used to be. And I think it's very important because I also don't believe in a God that controls us. I believe in a God that gave us agency and the ability oh, to does. choose. Yes. And so it's interesting when you come across that. And then the Bible has, you know, Judas, Judas in one story threw himself right. off a cliff. <laughs> 
And another story, he hung himself. Sure. Right. I think he could only kill himself one way. One way. Um, yeah. You know, and so yeah. I don't mean to, to say the Bible is wrong as much as language and context uh, sure. it changes the way that we yeah. perceive how it's. And that's, uh, by the way, I'm way behind in my studies. I started <laughs> Old Testament. I got to Exodus um, and I fell off the bandwagon. Um, so <laughs> I saw well, then it gets hard that. to read, right? It's all the oh. animals and the blood and all the things. I, I think my point here is, you know, God wanted the, he wanted the Israelites to understand that it was him who freed them, that he uh. is the one that freed them. And so what I, what I believe that we have, mm -hmm. my husband was just watching cool hand look this, this weekend. I believe we have mm -hmm. a failure to communicate. Um, what I believe is that we want to name it and claim it. And you made a really good yeah. point that like there are principle there are principalities right that that are the opposite of God, and we want to we want to believe that we're the ones fully in control. So if I name it, if I ask for it, then I'm going to get it. And back mm -hmm. to my circle maker situation, I was kneeling down in my family room, drawn with my finger, drawing a circle, like Lord, you are going to make me a national vice president. Like I am circling this in prayer. That was not his plan. <laughs> in no. fact, his plan was years later for me to set that business down and go this direction that I'm going now. So if, if, if for me, if I'm asking for that and trying to manifest it with law of attraction, like he didn't give that to me. Why? Because that wasn't his plan. That wasn't his plan. And well, I know I that I'm speaking to that. people who don't believe. I love it. Right? I and love and it. that's okay. That's okay. And I'm not here to tell you what to believe, which no, of course not. That also is different from some Christians, right? Um, but for me, I I I love what you said. You know, have you prayed about it or have you thought about it? I think we don't do a good job sometimes as visionaries. We think we always have to be on, and we yeah. have got to take time to rest, to allow our minds to refresh, to to spend some time like daydreaming and writing. And for me, I make every Monday is my CEO day. There are no meetings. There is no work that I have to do. It is me like, yes, I'm writing or I'm planning. We've got to give ourselves space for that. And we're not always good for that because the world says that to be successful, you have to always be going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I did this, um, this YouTube video the other day on, four-dimensional perspectives, um, you know, there's two, one, one D perspective, right? My view, 2D, right. my view and your view, um, and 3D, you know, being able to see across time and space. Anyway, it goes, it goes pretty deep, but you know, like if I want to make this mouse levitate, right. And my law of attraction is, you know, I can, I can make that happen. Um, right. That's when I think of our God, who I believe is our heavenly father. Um, right. I believe he, he loves us unconditionally. He knows mm. you may have wanted that circle at the time, but when I look at my own daughter and I think about her desires and, you know, if, if she wants cake, um, you know, and she wants that piece of cake now, but she also wants to celebrate her birthday. Right. Part of her, part of her desires deep within, even if she thinks she wants that cake right now, is to also wait for the celebration and, yeah. and the whole key. So I think, Heavenly Father knows us, knows you even better yeah. than you do, knows me even better than I do. Right. And just like that experience where that affirmation came out in your life, mm. where you realized, oh man, I don't want to be a part of this. You would yeah. have that within you. Yes. You, know, you didn't recognize it at the time, but you did have it. Right. And I think that's the beauty of a perfect creator and a mm. perfect father mm. is even if we think we want to manifest something right now, you know, think of a kid, you know, I'm like, sister, I hate you. I wish you would die. You know, like, <laughs> no, like we, he knows we, we're just mad. We're just angry. Right. There's layers to that. Yeah. Um, but this, this has been such a fun conversation for me. Thank you. Because yeah. it allows me to learn how to explore mm. diverse concepts with other leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm hoping to, that the visionaries who listen in this conversation, begin to realize they have the opportunity to do the same thing with their teams, whether, mm. whether they work with us or not, That's um, right. you know, it's, it's, re it's a rewarding experience to be able to come to the table with two different paradigms and then just go on a walk, go nail down mm. and pray about it. 
you know, yeah. we're talking about it with God too. And I'll, and I'll just, I'll just say that vocal affirmation prayer, if you will, out loud, which is Aaron Harrigan. I am so grateful to have met you sister <laughs> of God. And like, wow, you know, what a, what an amazing experience this has been. Thank you for yeah. making this space to dive into this visionaries who are in uh, listening to this. There's a landing page where you'll be able to see the action steps you can take with Aaron. We'll organize those as best as possible. You can, of course, reach out to her anytime. Mm -hmm. If you have comments and it's faster, it's easier to just drop a comment and ask a question, feel free to do so. If you know, if you're thinking of somebody throughout this conversation, you're like, man, I wish this person had heard this, just tag them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're thinking of like, man, this person might really just tag them, um, give them the chance to mm. hear what we talked about. That's, mm -hmm. that's you going about God's work in ways yeah. that often we don't give ourselves credit for, right? but it's those little acts of kindness that build the divine kingdom. So Erin, yeah. do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I want to thank you, Jackson, for, for having this space, right. And having these conversations, it's refreshing. And there are so many people out there that are looking for a space where these kinds of conversations take place. Because as I said earlier, being an entrepreneur can be so lonely and, and we have to be discerning yeah. about where we're spending our time. So thank you for making space. Thank you for such a deep and enriching conversation today and for the opportunity to be here, to pour into your audience and to let them know, right? Like they are of value and there are people who absolutely need what they have and not to be afraid to step boldly into serving that audience. And you know what? Screw up a little bit, right? Like yes. fail forward. I mean, absolutely. We have to do that. It's the only way we learn. And the day that we stop learning, I believe is, you know, kind of the day no that way. we stop living and, and we, we can't do that. We, we, the world needs what we have. So I encourage them to forge forward, but take some rest because God can do more with yeah. our faithful rest than, than we can do with our work. So. That's right. And yeah. he speaks to us while we rest. That's um, right. So if I could rename this episode, it would be Christian business coach, Aaron Harrigan, emulating clarity, serenity, and fulfillment. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. If you would love to share your vision with the show, you're prompted to, to maybe consider it. Um, there's a button in the top right corner that says, be our guest, apply by booking a time with me. And we'd love to, to hear about your vision and how you're showing up to serve those in the world. Everybody have an excellent rest of your day. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision.